All right, and I'm back for episode two of Bush Gets Real. So I didn't, in the first episode, really explain the premise of this show. So what I'm going to be doing is evaluating and talking about movies. It doesn't only have to be superhero movies. It can be, well, really anything. And um, to go off that, my topics for today are about Pixar's storytelling and how animated movies can still deliver a full comprehensive story that is good for all ages. And um, I'm also going to review two movies and then kind of compare and contrast to them because I think there's a lot of similarities. The movies are Joker and Taxi Driver. So... I'll do my review on Joker last, just in case there are any spoilers. I'll throw a spoiler warning. I'm kind of planning not to do any, but if it kind of evolves to that, I'll throw the warning, give you a few seconds to click off. So I'll save that for the end. Um, Yeah, hope you guys enjoy. So one last thing I've got to say before I go and... Um, start talking about my first topic is I know last time the music choices were kind of a mess so what I'm gonna do is on each episode I'm gonna have a theme to the music and I want to see if you guys can guess it this first one will be pretty obvious I'll um reveal at the end of the video what the themes actually are and the other thing I want to try making these every couple days but because I'd have an inconsistent release schedule, it'd be kind of hard. So what I want to do is release a new episode of this every Saturday at, I'm hoping about 2 p.m. around that area, sometime probably between 1 and 3, depending on, you know, when I can record, how it goes, and, you know, how long it takes to actually upload. And... Also, I don't know how long it'll take to get cleared to different streaming services. So, depending, obviously my podcast might take longer to get to certain places than others. I know Google Podcasts took two days, and Spotify was cleared within like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. So, yeah, just try checking typically every week, Saturday, and if not, try Try by maybe Tuesday. It should be up on anything. So, yeah. Sorry I forgot to originally record that with my opening. So, now I hope you guys enjoy. Alright. So, one thing people know I'm pretty vocal about is that I feel a story can't truly be told unless it's R-rated. Because that allows for a lot more things that are natural in life. Life itself is not rated. You don't get told, oh yeah, you're going to hear these swear words. So if you're not 18, you know, block your ears. Or there's going to be this violence. Close your eyes. Life is life. It's not rated. It's just what it is. So I always felt... You need an R rating to tell a good story. Until a couple days ago, I rewatched um 
Inside Out, which is a picture, a a Pixar movie that is rated PG. So, for those of you who don't know, um, premise is about a girl named Riley whose family moves and the emotions inside her head. And the emotions are all their own characters with their own personalities. So, with her family moving, she starts to experience more sadness than all the happiness she had in life. And it kind of goes on a whole ride. You have to watch the movies to understand really what what all happens. But the movie moves me to tears. And that is done because of the storytelling. And that shows how amazing storytelling at Pixar is. And I want to, real quick, I need to pull it up first, but Pixar, it's listed as having their 22 rules of storytelling. So I'm just going to go over them and kind of explain, you know, why they're all so important and why it works, why the storytelling and the rules they have work for Pixar. So, admire characters for attempting more than what their successes have been. So, obviously, you want a character who's doing something out of the ordinary. And that is always a fascinating thing to have because, you know, if it's someone and you're just following their daily routine and they don't at all evolve through it, it's a boring movie. Um, Number two, keep in mind what's been, uh, or not what's been, Keep in mind what's interesting to you as an audience, not what's fun to do as a writer. They can be very different. So, yeah, I mean, everyone likes a psychological thriller at some points. I mean, that's what Taxi Driver was. That's what the new Joker movie is. There's a lot of movies that are psychological thrillers, but they're fun to write, okay? But it's not something an audience can constantly be watching, you know? Not An audience is not always going to want to watch a psychological thriller every single time there's a movie that comes out. So you want to watch stuff besides that. And there's other things you can try making all these complex plot points and stuff. But if it's stuff where it gets too clotted, you're not going to you know, keep an audience's interest. So it's kind of saying, think like an audience, not like a writer. And, you know, I'm, I personally am working on writing a screenplay too. So I am working towards, you know, being a writer. And I think I'm going to have to take off the experience what I've enjoyed watching to really evolve in it. So, anyways, I'll try speeding up because I took a long time on those first two rules and I don't want to spend 50 minutes explaining 22 rules. So, number three, trying for theme is important. However, you won't see what the story is about until you're at the end of the story. Got it? Now rewrite. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. Number four, once upon a time there was blank. Every day, blank. One day, blank. Because of that, blank. Because of that, blank. Until finally, blank. So kind of just, you know, that's how a story should be laid out. 
at least in their world. So once upon a time, there was Nemo. Every day, he spent time with his father. One day, he had to go to school. Because of that, he rebelled. Because of that, he got lost. Until finally, his father found him. I know that was a bad explanation of Finding Nemo and probably not how that would be explained. But, yeah, that's just generally what they're saying. And um, number five, simplify, focus, combine characters, hop over detours. You'll feel like you're losing valuable stuff, but it sets you free. So, um, kind of less is more, essentially. If you try to put too many subplots into a movie you can never really make the one plot work um number six what is your character good at or comfortable with throw the polar opposite at him challenge him how does he deal with it so you know um perfect example would be gosh i don't even know Actually, yeah, I'll I'll stick with Finding Nemo. It's Pixar. So, Marlin. You throw at Marlin. Dory, someone who is unorganized, has short-term memory, everything. Where Marlin has long-term memory, and he plans everything, and everything is down to the exact second with him, it seems. So, two very different characters. Number seven. Come up with your ending before you figure out your middle. Seriously, endings are hard. Get your workings, get yours working up front. Um, yeah, I've experienced that too, and it really does help. Uh, number eight, finish your story. Let go, even if it's not perfect. In an ideal world, you have both, but move on. Do better next time. Okay, I like that. Number nine, when you're stuck, make a list of what wouldn't happen next. More often than not, the material that gets you unstuck appears. So yeah, figuring out what wouldn't make sense helps you kind of have an idea. Well, what could make sense then? Because you can cross out these ideas. So that's that's good. Um, Number ten, pull apart the stories you like. What you like in them is a part of you. Recognize it before you use it. So if I want to make a movie, you know, that's somewhat similar to Fight Club, I can't just start throwing in stuff from Fight Club. I have to understand what about it makes me like it and then pull that and, you know, work on that exactly to at least get the emotion and everything else that came from it added. So... Yeah, so that makes sense. Number 11. Why must you tell this story in particular? What's the belief burning within you that your story feeds off of? What's the That's the heart of it. Yeah, I think that's self-explanatory. Um, you know, what is the reason the story is important? You know, you can't just tell a story for the sake of telling a story. You gotta have something good with it. So there's got to be a real reason. There's got to be some passion to it. Because without passion, a story's not going to turn out. And number 12. Discount the first thing that comes to mind. And the second, third, fourth, fifth. 
get the obvious out of the way and surprise yourself. I like it. It keeps story interesting if you do that. Number 13, give your characters opinions. A character being passive or malleable is easy for you as a writer, but it's poison to your audience. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, If you don't have any beliefs for your characters and your character believes in nothing, you've got nothing interesting. So, um, number 14, what's the essence of your story? What's the most economical way of tell of telling it? And if you know that, you can build out from there. So, essentially, you know, what's the point of your story? How can you tell it in a way that just continues to make sense and works? Figure that out, everything else will come to you. Yeah, I, I don't fully agree with that one, but it is, it, it makes sense, I suppose. Um, number 15, if you were your character in this situation, how would you feel? Honesty lends credibility to unbelievable situations. <coughs> um, yeah, that, that makes sense. Obviously, being able to empathize with the character is the only way you'll understand the character, especially when there are unbelievable situations that are occurring, you know? Um, I'm not going to get too deep into this explanation. It shouldn't make sense without one. Number 16. What are the stakes? Um, I'm not even going to continue going with that one. Um, just kind of also they say stack the odds against him. And what happens if he doesn't succeed? Okay, you should know, you know, building stakes are important. Everyone loved Endgame because everyone knew everything was at stake. And, um, I felt like it was kind of, I felt like that was actually kind of cheap, to be honest. But, um, it, people loved it. So, fair enough. And we knew what the stakes were. Number 17, no work is ever wasted. And if it's not working, let go and move on. If it's useful, it'll show up again. So, I mean, obviously, hold on to everything you do. Even the stuff that won't work for this movie. Because maybe it can help you with another one. Maybe, you know, there was a plot in Finding Nemo that didn't work out. And then, hey, look, we can use it now in Monsters, Inc. Or even more logically for this one, Finding Dory, now that they, you know, released a sequel. So, it, it makes sense. Um, Number 18, you have to know yourself and know the difference between doing your best and being fussy. Story is testing, not refining. <laughs> you know, I... That one's interesting. Um, I, I kind of got no comment. I don't really know what to say about that one. It's interesting, though. Number 19. Coincidences that get characters in trouble are great. Coincidences that get them out of it is cheating. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I always feel like when something freak happens and it gets a character out of an issue, it's like, really? They couldn't find a way to work out of it? They couldn't, you know, have a developing story? Just, oh, freak event. We're, we're getting chased by a villain. Oh, look, a tornado suddenly hit, but we didn't get sucked up. Only they did. Hey, we're free. Yeah, it's not interesting. It's 
it does feel cheap and like you get cheated as an audience. Um, number 20. Exercise. Take the building blocks of a movie you dislike. How would you rearrange them into what you do like? You know, I could get into that one, but I actually want to, at some point, do a segment on the show just with that and go and rework a movie I don't like into something I would and see what you guys think about it. Um, number 21. Identify with the situation characters. Don't write cool. What would make you act that way? What would make you act that way, I should say? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of that empathy towards your own character again. You know, write this character with something personal to it, something personal from you. Because that's what's going to make the character interesting. And I don't disagree. And finally, number 22. Putting on paper only allows you to start fixing it. If a perfect idea stays in your head, you'll never share it with anyone. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that. I have noticed that trying to write. So, yeah. Those were the 22 rules of Pixar's storytelling and... I know I spent a long time talking about them, but they are really fascinating. And if anyone else is into writing screenplays, um, just look up Pixar's 22 Rules of Screenwriting because it is very, very, or of storytelling, because it is very helpful. It really does help you evolve a story properly. So, and it shows. I'm not going to go over example for each movie because sometimes sometimes you can't tell exactly what's going on with it. But it, they really do work towards telling a good story. Even if some of the elements you can't see as a viewer, you have to be the storyteller your, itself or themselves to understand a few of those points. So, yeah, sorry about a long opening segment, because I thought my long part was going to be um, reviewing Joker and Taxi Driver, but I think this might be a long part. So, oh, um, yeah, we'll be right back to review and then compare Taxi Driver and Joker. So, stick around. Okay, so... Now it's become that time. I've got to do my review on Taxi Driver. So, this movie came out in 1976. Um, directed by Martin Scorsese. One of the best directors of all time. And starring Robert De Niro. So, Robert De Niro in this film plays Travis Bickle and Travis is a war vet and he tries and he sees everything from kind of a negative connotation and we see through his point of view in the story so as we see through his point of view there's a lot of great things that come from it and make this movie work. It is one of the most 
unique movies I've ever watched. And um, what I want to say about it that makes it work is that the cinematography, the shots and visual storytelling is so great with the point of view because it's pretty much always from Travis's point of view what we're seeing. So you get a view right in the opening shot, him driving a taxi in New York, and with the rain, all the lights are kind of faded, everything's kind of bad. But then when you do get kind of clear shots, it's of all the bad crime happening in the city that makes him think, well, life is terrible, this city is crap, you know, everybody's bad. And it gives rationale to a lot of his actions. And I don't think trying to review this, I can do much justice. I don't really have the words to properly explain a lot of this movie. But it was phenomenal. It makes you think. It, you know, it kind of pushes off story. And in the right situation, anyone can go crazy. Oh, wait, why does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. That's pretty much every incarnation of the Joker from the, in the last 15 years now. Heath Ledger's Joker was kind of that one. There was a scene. You know, you think Batman's made Gotham safer. This is how crazy Batman's made Gotham. Kind of saying anyone can go crazy in the right situation. Which is an interesting thought. And it also appears in the new 2019 Joker. But the new 2019 Joker also is from Arthur Fleck's point of view. And that's what makes it interesting. Is you got back-to-back movies. Or not back-to-back movies. You've got two movies like this. That have the same kind of message that the main character pushes and also you see everything from their point of view and for Arthur we've seen in the trailers he constantly gets beat up there's a lot of stuff I'm gonna explain to you kind of I don't feel this is a spoiler but take it for what you will I'm gonna explain how the trailer is breaking down because the trailer I want to say 80% of it happens in the first 20 minutes. Probably about 10% in the middle and 10% in the last, like, 15 minutes. Like, the trailer is very much the beginning and a good part the end. So, you... But you don't know watching the trailers what you're walking into because of that. And I'm going to try to leave it that way but it is kind of a dive into Arthur's fall into insanity but you do sympathize with him because you feel for everything he's dealt with you understand his message even if you think he's going too extreme with it which I hope you do think he's going too extreme he is but that's what makes it so interesting is you sympathize 
with an evil person throughout the movie because of what led them to evil. And then you feel bad after watching it. I had the chills thinking, how would I root for that guy? You know? But it's kind of the whole, you know, Thanos is considered a sympathetic villain. Why is that? Well, I mean, he was essentially a protagonist of Infinity War. He had a noble cause. He just went about it the wrong way. And that's what's kind of interesting is three-dimensional villains that kind of have the gray zone between what's the villain and what's the hero. Kind of like... I think the best example is Daredevil. Okay? Daredevil would always say, I'm not the villain. Right? Even if he'd accidentally or I guess in the 2003 movie because he didn't care about that would intentionally kill people it would be I'm not the villain but he would do a lot of you know kind of twisted things without killing similar to Batman they are very similar characters and both of them you never really know how much you can think of them as a hero it's kind of a Well, they took that a bit far. They pushed that a bit too much. You know, like I thought, thought they're supposed to be good guys. I feel, you know, why'd Batman just throw that goon off a four-story building? Why'd he, in the dark night, why'd he drop that common crook down like two stories, three stories, break his legs just to prove a point? You know, it's kind of that, that's twisted. That's kind of sadistic. There, it's a gray zone of hero and villain that makes it interesting, you know. And it's really helped with a sympathetic villain because if you don't know if you think the hero is really that heroic or if he's kind of an anti-hero, that's that's great for it. But that gray zone doesn't work if then you have a clear you know, black and white, hey, this guy's a villain, though. Because then you have a mix all of a sudden. You don't have the mix, you know? Okay, this guy's kind of bad, but this guy's really bad, so I hope the kind of bad guy wins. You know, it's not useful at that point. So, that was a little, you know, side tangent to bring Marvel into an episode where I'm talking about a classic film, a new DC film, and animated movies. So, um, what I want to say is there are a lot of similarities in how the story's told and some of the message between Taxi Driver and Joker. But as a whole, it is its own film, and it demands to be seen because it is a truly great film I don't put it past Taxi Driver personally I I still like Taxi Driver more but it was it is up there it's definitely an amazing movie you guys should go see it I I rate that an eight and a half out of ten I give Taxi Driver a nine out of ten I don't know I don't think there's a such thing as a perfect 10 you know I don't want to 
I don't want to really say I think any movie is ever 100% perfect, as close as some can get. So, for me, 8.5 and, and 9 are really pushing the edge of my top ratings. So these two movies are both phenom phenomenal. If you haven't seen Taxi Driver yet, watch it. Um, go see Joker in theaters. It's an amazing movie. And so that about wraps up my episode. Didn't do as many segments in this one, but they were long segments. So I didn't want to keep pushing too much more. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, the music theme was Ed Sheeran. Um, pretty obvious first one. Um, yeah, hope you guys were able to get that one. If you don't like Ed Sheeran, you don't listen to his music, it's understandable you didn't get it, but you would probably catch it was, you know, one artist. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to end the episode by playing one more Ed Sheeran song. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Be back next week.